What's happening, people? It's your boy Adam Morales along with Austin Torres. We're back with the X Town podcast. Yes, we are. And uh, we apologize for uh, taking a week off. Uh, things have been getting hectic at school for us and work because we need both those things in life. But you need baseball to build up, so we have something to talk about. You know, the crosstown rivals, local best friends here. Exactly. And we got a whole lot to speak of. Mad stuff. Two yeah. weeks worth of stuff. We'll see if we can remember it all. It's a lot of... A see lot if of, we can get to it all. A lot of games. Um, we need to focus on, you know, the key points. I do feel like uh, last time <laughs> we, what's it called, got together, though, the Mets had just started, like, falling off a little bit, and now that they're, like, returned to, like, middle of the pack and, like, never really got it going again like they did in the first two, three weeks of the season. Yeah, I think the last time we recorded, I can definitely say the Mets were falling back to earth a little bit. They definitely got off to a hot start and couldn't do anything wrong in those starts but in the first 15 games of the season. But... You were right. They came back to earth. It started in St. Louis, losing two of three in that series, mm-hmm. and uh, and then only and then barely taking the Padres series. It was a it was a straight it was a shaky shaky stretch for the Mets. We began to see that the offense wasn't quite getting the job done. How I originally praised for the first fifteen games, I know that. This whole time, there hasn't whole start of the season hasn't been filled with high batting averages. But right. aside from Cabrera, the Mets, besides Verstappen, who's uh, still hitting above 300, right, the Mets right. were getting big hits and scoring big runs and in, in key points in games, and that that has uh, definitely slowed down recently. And you know, a lot of the the big skid that happened last week, and you know, its forecoming could be seen in the lack of offensive production. Right. Um, timely hitting seems to have gone away for the Mets, too. Uh, earlier in the season, it seemed like that was a, a big key as to why they were hot. But also, um, the numbers really haven't dropped too significantly offensively as a unit, you know, as a whole. Um, so I, I got to ask you, is it like a pitching thing, uh, too? Is there a problem with the with the pitchers going on? Well... I mean, I know a lot of Mets fans are worried based on what we saw with Jacob DeGrom. I think Jacob will recover good. I, he just um, pulled something, and I, I'm pretty sure he'll be able to return after a ten. A small, he's missing one start, and he's going to be on the 10-day DL, um, and then he'll he'll make his next start. It was scary to see because he was dealing, but honestly, even besides Jacob, you know, Noah Syndergaard hasn't hasn't he's had one shining start. He hasn't really come to f- full form lately mm-hmm. but at the same time there were besides um two games in atlanta one in san diego where the mets have gotten blown up they they were they've gotten quality starts from some of their pitchers like they got a big start from Matson last week that they needed from Matts. he did it, he um it was a two nothing loss to colorado but he held them to two right. to two runs in six innings and you know Matt's, I know he was, I always talked about him taking two steps forward and then one step, three steps back. And, yeah. you know, maybe hopefully this is a step forward in the right direction. But one one pitcher that definitely has come back to earth after coming back off the DL is Wheeler. Wheeler got banged up rough last week in one of his starts. 
That was the um, he pitched Friday when you guys almost came back. I think. Right, that was the eight-seven loss to Colorado. Yeah, but did he? What? He, what happened? He stunk up. Five game, runs right? in the first inning, and yeah. for a Colorado team that gets most of its runs off of home runs, they scored off him without. Uh, he didn't allow any home runs in that first inning. Wow. A five-run spot, and um, he didn't go six. He let up another two. And that would be the seventh, and they scored another run later in that game. The Mets, all game, were battling back. Azdrupal with another two hits and three RBIs in that game. The, it was a really, it just reflected late in the game how the Mets couldn't push the final runs and the struggles of Conforto in the start of the season. He, he came in that big, in, in the uh, game against Washington and got a big hit against Strasburg. But recently, He's, he's been struggling. Uh, I saw him actually do a little well in Cincinnati, but I have to touch on the Colorado game because he was 0 for 5, four strikeouts, came up actually in the bottom of the ninth with the bases loaded, and uh, struck out. Ah, so man. that after that, Mickey Calloway did decide to sit him, give him a day off. Well, you know. he's fresh off the DL too, so you got to – Right, it's it's almost it's almost like he's just around this time is getting an end to his spring training. Yeah, 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 right. So it makes sense. He did miss a lot of time. Um, yeah, that was a crazy game, though. Yeah, I thought the, I thought the Mets were gonna pull it off. But to touch on like we like you originally brought into the fact that we could have saw it when in the week that we missed the series against the Braves was. Uh, a key disheartening series for me, even in the stretch of these full two weeks. You know how I feel about the Mets and their divisional matchups. Right, I think that they're exactly. beating these teams are important, and due to their skid and losing to losing to two of three, maybe they got swept by Atlanta. I, sorry, I try not to remember at this point, <laughs> but no, they got swept. Oh and, man, and that's even worse. In two of their games, they were shut out. By Tehran and Newcomb. For Newcomb pitched a gem, and Tehran seems to be coming around. Coming around, I know. And th- this led to zero runs on six hits in these two games. <sighs> but not only that, this also comes from, on the other side, like an uh, ugly showing. Not all the games are like this, but Atlanta outscored the Mets 17 to nothing. On the, Jesus, on H. The, Christ. In those two games, 26 hits. My God. Yeah, so th- that Atlanta series, it was a big eye-opener to me because they just got romped. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> and I, I, I say that the, the divisional matchups are important because now who's in first place after the sweep of the Mets? It's the Atlanta. Braves. Yeah, it's the Braves. And the Phillies. The Phillies are in front them. of them too. Mets are a game and a half back, and it's just... That Wait, series. What about the Nats? The Nats are in second. Nats are behind us. Yeah, <laughs> the Nats are off to a, sl- a, a slow start. Wow, that's insane. And in the first game of that Brave series, uh, Mike Soroka, his first big league yeah, start. The Canadian born yeah, kid. Mike Soroka in his first big league start is pitching uh, a good game too. He beats Noah Syndergaard in a start where Syndergaard allowed three in the first, and those three runs would hold up for a three-two win. In which case, an Atlanta team has proven that. They have gotten a couple of key players. They have players coming up from the farm system. But when Freddie Freeman is healthy, he is the anchor in this lineup. Mm-hmm. He is drives run in. He drives runs in any way possible with a lefty stroke that is, you know, like a lot of the 
a lot of other p players in the league say, well, not players, uh, commentators or analysts in the league. He's not has a traditional lefty swing. You see, he drops the hands a lot with his after his load, but you know, like other lefties, he uh, leads with the hips first and. He has a lot of power to all fields. He does. He learned at, how to hit oppo. Yeah, too. he has power to all fields at this point. So, you know, it looks he's like a, a dangerous swing. He's a dangerous hitter. Yeah, he's almost always undercutting, kind of. But I, would, I wonder if he can actually golf, though. Baseball players like golf. No, I know. Uh, one of you know, Joanna Cespedes is a big golfer. Oh, actually, yeah, I heard when about he that. was struggled, he wanted to play golf and get on the course runways. Yeah. And try to hopefully he thought it would fix out his baseball swing. Who? As of late, has kind of you know resurgence. He's kind of found some power lately, in this in this little debacle of games. That's good. I need that for my fantasy team. Well, based. Let's switch it on to your team because as the roles have reversed, it kind of in the last two weeks, you guys are doing a lot better. Yeah, we are. What fifteen is sixteen right now? Like we haven't covered uh, the Yankees or the Mets in two weeks. The Yankees have lost one game since we since we've last covered them. And it's pretty dope because that was a game that we could have won too. It was a close game, a well pitched game by Sonny Gray, but once again he didn't get the uh, run support that he needed because uh, he's uh, was, he doesn't get a lot of run support usually. One 0 against Houston. Yeah, that was the first game of the Houston series, and uh, he pitched very well. Attacked the zone again, which he. Uh, like I said before, he's best when he's actually attacking instead of nibbling because his stuff is so good like that. Um, but, yeah, man, 15 to 16. And we're, we're, we're out slugging teams. Like the offense has woken up with a bang, and we're not even – like our lineup can get deeper. Drury's on the way back. I don't know where he's even going to fit in anymore. And he was hitting this, – this is a guy that was hitting doubles – the occasional homer and it, like he 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 produced for us right. in his short time and he was doing it with migraines and blurred vision and now you have young talent and now we have andahar so i don't and i don't even know how Drew is going to factor slash in. torres right you got to say slash torres now Where torres can play third base too but he's been exclusively a second baseman uh drury plays both positions so where does he fit in i don't know but this is a good problem to have you ask me definitely just get deeper as a team exactly uh birds on the way back too and uh neil walker is kind of finding his stroke ever since the uh the yankees had the twin series uh he was hitting the ball hard that series and uh didn't get many hits but he really woke up in houston and uh this current series or this past series with um cleveland his bat woke up because he was struggling big time he's been taking some valuable playing time away from Tyler Austin too, who's hoping to cement the first base spot uh, as when Greg Bird came back. Yeah, Tyler Austin has fought his way through this point in the season, mm -hmm. from an early hot spring training till now. So he's still his name is still relevant in that rotation for first baseman. He, yeah, it is relevant, but you with Drury and, and Bird on the way back, you don't know. Do we want to release Neil Walker? Do we want to send uh, Austin down just to keep Walker because Tyler Austin has options? I don't know. It's a logistical thing. to make. Yeah, it's a big decision to make. Uh, good problem to have, though. So, I mean, this is Ellsbury's definitely... on the way back, too. Yeah, here. With this monumental two weeks, though, would you have any player or moment or... 
any one thing that you can attribute to all of these wins? Or would you just say that like a lot of different things are going right for your team right now? Good starting pitching, uh, great hitting. Like I said, the bats woke up. The bullpen is uh, it's there some nights, but uh, they've blown leads for us too during right. this. And, and the offense has been able to outslug their mistakes. A lot of come from behind. Well, not a lot, but you've got a couple a come from behind yeah. wins like sprinkled three. into those to that winning streak. Maybe yeah. three in this streak, yeah. Right. But uh, I, I saw the Power Ranking Bleacher Report article and it said that the Yankees are like they they're number one on the power rankings now. Right. Um, they said that uh, no offense is deeper, no bullpen is better, and their starting pitching is well above average also. But I would say that on paper our bullpen is the that is is nice, like it's better than all of them. But they haven't been as nice as they can be, which is scary. Like, when you line all those fireballers up and they're all clicking like they were last August and September and October, it's going to be a scary bullpen. Yeah, that whole lineup and rotation to bullpen type situation is a scary. It's a hard team to deal with for nine innings. It's uh, proven to be a hard team for Boone to manage also because he just has so many weapons in the bullpen. He kind of... First year, right? Yeah, this is first year. Right, as a, well, as a manager. As a manager, so. And he's not he, he's not a catcher. He's a former second baseman, third baseman. So he doesn't really, he never really worked with pitchers like Girardi did. But Or Callaway. Or Callaway, yeah. Callaway was a pitcher himself. Right. But anyway, this guy, he has so many weapons. Sometimes he goes to the wrong one. Or sometimes he leaves him in too long. Like, I remember um, d- during this win streak, Betances... I think it was in the Cleveland series that where um, Torres hit the walk-off home run. But Betances, they left him in for two innings. And he's a one-inning spe- strikeout specialist, pretty much. Right. And then they brought in Jonathan Holder, who is by far our least effective reliever, to clean up his mess. <laughs> Then the Sorry, lead. Lad, this is the way you described it well because it doesn't really seem log- the most logical. It, it's not. It's not logical. Go but was, so- is there other arms that were used the day before that he might be avoiding going to? I mean, like situationally or saving for. I guess there were. Yeah, they they used Green and Robertson, but uh, only for an inning each. You'd think that one of them could have come in and at least clean up clean up the mess for. An inning, uh, I mean, two-thirds of an inning, maybe. Or you want to give them the keys to handle the mess as opposed to your, your Jonathan Holder. But how does it play out? Um, that was the game where, uh, yeah, the Yankees fought back to get Batantis off the hook. They Ch- uh, Chapman gave up the lead also on a wild pitch in the ninth, and I think that was the Glaber Torres walk-off game. Nice. So the offense, like I said, they've been able to outslug bullpen mistakes, Aaron Boone mistakes. But if if we weren't 15 of 16, I don't think the Bleacher Report article would be saying that our bullpen, that no bullpen is deeper because there are there are formidable pens out there that can go toe-to-toe with ours. But on paper, ours is the best, I will say. And if they the arms line up, I think, uh, it'll be scary. Yeah, I can definitely definitely agree. The Mets, I've also, I want to reflect on what you said about Aaron Boone and 
you know how he uses his pieces because you know some some of us question Mickey Callaway in the lineup probably like his lineup propositions to me are too all over the place he still is he, he goes from as Jupel being anywhere from one to four in the lineup on any given day that's based on who, who else is in the lineup you know I understand that they're struggling pieces so of course you're going to want to jumble move them around and see that they can click in other ways but and and we're not get, we're not getting a lot from everybody so it's hard it's hard for me to really say but i think that throughout the midst of this it might be tried it might be good to try to settle into a more traditional lineup based mm-hmm. on what you've seen to even this point i just feel like to see such a different variety and even when a player a player's approach changes based on where he hits in the lineup too so right. for for you to battle him around from 2 4 to even lead off all in the same week well, I mean, it's working for his Jupal now. He's, you know, but I can also say that it's also it, I've in uh, at bats I've seen recently, he's starting to chase uh, out pitches outside the zone a little more, and I can only attest that to you know trying to do a little bit too much. And when you're mo- when you're the piece that moves around so much in the top five of the lineup, you know, you feel the pressure on you that they your production needs to keep up because if not, there might not even be a chance of winning that night. Exactly, but. Um to piggyback off what you just said a little bit, like Asdrubal is the guy that fluctuates a lot throughout the lineup. I think it depends on a player's uh, mindset, how they were brought up within the game, whether they change their approach based on their slot in the lineup. Because for us, Didi Gregorius throughout his tenure has been the guy that fluctuates through the, throughout the lineup. He can hit eight. Like when he came here, he was hitting eight and nine. Now he's hitting you know, anywhere between one and six and sometimes cleanup. But his approach from when he was hitting ninth to when he was hitting cleanup and leadoff never changes. He's still an aggressive hitter. He'll still jump on a first pitch fastball, and he'll still battle you with two strikes no matter what spot in the lineup he's hitting. I don't know if as Drupal, I've never watched him when he was in Cleveland or as much as you do now at the Mets. I don't know if he changes his Ah, changes his approach uh, when he fluctuates in the lineup. Well, but I will say this: I do like him in the one and two hole. Yeah, I I think that ideally I want Conforto batting leadoff and there's Drupal with the, in the two hole with Cespedes three, Bruce four, Fraser or Gonzalez messing around five or six, whoever's hotter. Right, right. But Conforto seems to do well in the leadoff <laughs> spot too. Not your prototypical leadoff hitter, right? He produces actual better power numbers from the leadoff the leadoff role than um than cer- than other leadoff positions. Get a lot of like first that. pitch fastballs, right? And he, he like last night he was able to get two home runs. One was to lead off the game, but you know, and yes, last night against Cincinnati he batted leadoff, but and and, yeah, and, yeah. and the game where he did get those five Ks against Colorado, although albeit a couple days of before that he was batting fifth in the lineup. Mm-hmm. So I, I I I will say that you know maybe it does depend on the player as in as uh, as you noted with D, with Didi, but I will say that certain players do do make adjustments based on where they're at in a lineup. Yeah. You know you you will you will tend to stick to your uh, what you can do strength wise tendencies. You know pitches you can hit, pitches you can drive. You're still gonna keep those tendencies in mind, but. Right. I just think that, you know, sometimes pitches you may take, pitches you may try to hit. That's what I'm kind of seeing a little bit from Ms. Drupal bouncing from 
at two spot to four spot, five spot, three spot, you know, he starts to power chase pitches outside the zone exactly. a little bit. Well, he, I, I just think he needs to stay, like, within himself more, especially right. in the middle of the lineup. Just look at a guy that recently retired, uh, one of my heroes, Ichiro. He batted in his prime. He was either a leadoff hitter or a three hitter. And when he was a three hitter, he never muscled up. He never chased anything, and he still laid down bunts. Right. As a three hitter, and three hitters, you usually think as well. Well, not John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Judge type hitters. Not too, but can, but it can also be somebody who does hit for a high average and does get a right, lot like of Altuve. base hits. Right. That's but what a, a, even Altuve has twenty power. twenty five right. homer Ichiro, power. Ichiro was not short of power. He wasn't you know an excessive he just power never hitter. Utilized it right. He had so many different facets of his game that made him you know great. Great. That's a future first ballot Hall of Famer, no questions asked. All time hit king, if you ask me. Well, <laughs> he did get a lot of hits, but yeah, you know, three th- five thousand professionally. Mm-hmm. I count the Japanese league. Yeah, hits. they they pitch well in Japan, well, per- especially especially when in the nineties Japan, when a lot of Japanese pitches were actually coming to America. There was a lot of good talent on the mound in Japan. Pro baseball is pro baseball, so you know I don't. I'm not gonna say that the competition is as good. As what I feel that MLB has to offer, but I will say that he gained 3,000 hits in the MLB proved that Ichiro's talent was timeless. It didn't matter what part of the world he was playing baseball in. It never mattered nice. what part of the lineup that he was playing baseball in. He was just a legend that produced. Hit and, machine. Uh, and stolen base machine, too. That dude can run. Love Ichiro. First ballot Hall of Famer for sure. But yeah, like I said, you know, he does. He stays within himself very well, and I think those are the best hitters to have that know their game plan. Uh, Ronald Torres does that very well for the Yankees too. He can bat nine. I mean, he usually just does bat right. nine, but he, he gets a hit a lot. He, does, he never goes uh, beyond maybe, himself. I'm not even opposed to a player trying to adjust between maybe two roles in the lineup, but I just think that throwing somebody all over the lineup is just a little. You, you got to be careful with them, especially when, when he's your only guy who's r- producing on a, a nightly basis. To this point in the season, the only, when, even to the last episode recording, he's still hitting 330, 333. Right. So he's still. He's still killing it. Right. And that's why the, the Mets want to fluctuate him. He also um, breaks up guys being a switch hitter. He can break up lefty, yes, righty. Yes, right. And that, 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 I think, is his main purpose. Koi as, as being switched around in the lineup. Yeah. But. As like, I see him starting to chase and get a little outside of himself, and I don't want him to cool down as as important as he's been because I think he can. I, I feel like he is the type of hitter who can maintain it for a good course of the season if yeah. he just remains healthy. So I just don't want him to get into form any bad habits and start any slumps. Right. I mean, but you know, maybe I'm just being a little worrisome. I also think I also see in certain situations with certain of our relief guys. Mickey Callaway seems to ex- like extend extend their outings, like he often goes to uh, see. I is a former starter, but he he'll let up a run or two and he'll let him go another inning, and it he'll like last night, I Giselman came in with runners on. They were Seawolds earned runs that scored, but <laughs> he also Relief allowed got to get a hold. He yeah. also allowed exactly, and then allowed the, his own run in the next inning. So. Ah. I just thought that he stood in yeah, he stood in that game a little longer and his stuff wasn't exactly there and he pitched the night before. Well, it just it, there was just questions I I asked that you Maybe. know, he's he 
maybe gets too comfortable in some of the arms he sees success in. But I think it's because maybe Callaway wants to keep him stretched out, so he has to give him innings to do so. And he basically will give him two innings at a time just to maybe even on two straight days. That That's the only reason I could think of it. Uh, I know. I just don't see it as much with Lugo, who, like I describe as a guy who's played that same middle, that middle yeah. relief, that type of And Lugo of role. has way better stuff than Giselman, if you ask me. Actually, like nastier. I'm not... I actually think I'd like to see Lugo a little more coming out of the bullpen, you know. Multi-inning yeah. uh, appearances, you mean? At least like, in, the, in the same role or spots I would see Giselman in. Mm. You know, I'm saying maybe not against the same hitters. Maybe you're going to mix and match them differently based on the numbers. Understandable, of course. But I think – I'm not saying that Lugo's the answer. I'm just saying that there's, like, the bullpen uh, – there's more diversity in it than I think is being completely utilized up until this point in the season. Well, I, th- I think Lugo has such nasty stuff that he can actually be a, a highly valuable asset out of this bullpen. And what if he does succeed? Then, like, the Mets would have to cater to their fans, be like, oh, we want Lugo as our setup man. Lugo's such a good setup man. You know what I'm saying? Um, right, but I don't I don't know if there's no – there's Ramos think, might not lose that role, you know. He might not – Ramos – Yeah, if, but what if, what if Lugo does so good, you go – you get a 7, 8, and 9, that's Lugo, Ramos, and Familia, and you, you build a little bridge to yeah. the end of the game. That's one thing that the Yankees have done so well ever since I was a little kid. They they do a great job at building a bridge to the ninth. Yeah. Good, but that – with you guys, it's a – it's a, a known bridge, you know what I'm saying? Everybody knows their role and knows the situations that m- might call them to step out of it. And in and, and this bullpen, besides Familia, that's Ramos maybe me maybe's considered that setup guy, looked towards too as that setup guy. I would think that he is. He closed for the Marlins and was very good at it. Right. And I just I just think that um like I mentioned that I lost myself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, either way. Uh, oh, I just think oh. that the Mets need to get a little more path-driven. Like they need to, like players need to understand who might be gone to more so as than seven, others. yeah, seventh, yeah. eighth, ninth in those in those positions. And that's something I said about the Yankees, like maybe two, three, four episodes ago, even at the beginning of the right. season when we were just treading water. Uh, that the Boone didn't really have defined roles for anyone. That's but how now, I'm starting to look now, at things with the certain struggles of the Mets. Right. Like as I've mentioned with the lineup and now with the rotation. Right. But the the the, the bridge pen. the bridge to the pen for the Yankees is kind of fallen in line to the point where it's basically Betances, Robertson, and uh, Chapman at the end of the game in a in a close game with. Uh, Chad Green maybe being thrown in there if one of the guys was used the day before or something. Uh, but that, that that's what you can do when you right. have uh, so many weapons out weapons. there. Weapons. Names of weapons. Exactly. But, but Seawald's been doing well for you guys. I mean, he's also He could also be a good seventh inning guy. Yeah, I think that that is... That that would be... Seawald Ramos Familia is something that I can look forward to as a, as a Met fan bullpen-wise nightly. Mm-hmm. And I remember for a long time, the Met, the Mets have given a lot of opportunities for Hanso Robles to be that seventh inning guy. He hasn't seized any of them, if you ask me. And he, just from an outsider's perspective. Exactly, and no, there's no question about it. His he he comes up from his last AAA start, and he's still getting hit hard, letting up home runs and runs on nightly basis. 
So it's just. Was he doing good in AAA though? I, mean, I, I honestly, I was I don't I didn't keep up with his AAA numbers. I know the Mets just called him back up. I would for, think for the out, for for a game. In which case, in the one in the one outing he's had since he was called up after, uh, well, I'll touch on Matt Harvey later. But <laughs> he was called up in in that with, to fill that role, and he hasn't you know do any uh, done anything other than what he's usually done for the Mets, and that's allowed more runs than. You know, keeping off the board. That's but a, that's one, a thing. one uh, with tonight's game looking in mind, I just wanted to touch on Jason Vargas, who has had two really disappointing starts. To 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 in his first first two starts of the season, he's let up 15 runs in the combined two starts. Uh, I know one he didn't make it through three. I don't think in the other one he made it through four. So. He has a a very big start tonight against Cincinnati, you know, with his role on this team and his rotation spot on the line. I think maybe it's a little too early to say third start of the season, but I guess you're you're facing Cincinnati. You you got to help this team get off the snide. Can't get crushed like the last two outings. I hear you, and uh, especially not to Cincinnati, one of the worst teams in the league. But Vargas, to me, I, he's he's an American League pitcher, so I know him pretty well. But he's been a West Coast pitcher, so I also don't know him very well. I fall asleep early. Yeah. But, I, I, like, I've seen him a lot because he's been around a long time. So that's why I do know him. Um, he's kind of like a late bloomer with Seattle. Got a big uh, got a big contract. He did. He's just like a guy that's, you know, you know what you're going to get. He's consistent, but he's not great. He has flashes of dominance. And he's like, he's maybe like a four. 4.1, 4.2 ERA guy career-wise. He'll strike you out five at games. Do Just I an know, average pitcher. Do I know what I'm going to get? I mean, he, he's, he's... I don't know what I'm going to get, apparently, I right mean, now. I don't know what I'm going to get. I'm not, I haven't gotten the guy you described. I mean, that's not that good of a guy that I just described. Averaging no, I four runs per nine and five Ks and, what, two walks. Right. That's, that's just an average pitcher. And But he has flashes of dominance. Like, last year, like, I'm pretty sure he got a contract because of last the first year, right. half of the season that he had last year. But he came back down to earth after the All-Star game and was just, you know, regular. He's a junk-balling lefty. What are you, you going to get? The best you can hope for if uh, if you draft a junk balling lefty is getting Dallas Keuchel. That's probably the best junk balling lefty in baseball right now. Yeah, and I understand what you're saying. It's just um, and even he took a while to develop. Right. He struggled a lot early. Well, Vargas isn't about developing at this point. He's yeah, he's uh, old. He's a seasoned veteran. He needs to come in and produce because I don't expect he did just get signed to a small deal, but I don't. I don't expect the leash to be any longer than it was for, well, it, I, it was a little longer than it was for Matt Harvey, but. I just don't expect it to get much better than what Matt Harvey Yeah, that's that's exactly how I unfortunately Between him and feeling. Vargas. Yeah, it's just like I traded I just less th- better stuff, and I, didn't, I haven't gotten much better production-wise. Exactly. But. I th- think the Mets would even just be better off giving that spot to Giselman or Lugo, either or at this point, because I right. think they're both better than Vargas and Matt Harvey. Like I think one of them has to take that spot, and I don't know why Callaway is not even thinking about it. I agree. Thinking about stretching one I of them agree. out. I agree, and seeing this 
I was happy. You know, you're always happy to see somebody get their first big league start. You know, it's always fun to watch. Uh, what Conlon, PJ? Yes, last night. But it's just at the same Irish born too. At the, the same first since the '40s. But at the same time, I I feel your sentiments. Why why couldn't have not been one of the middle relief long guys who I saw fill that role last season? Mm-hmm. And you have two of them. You don't have one. You have two. And then maybe call up PJ Conlon to wet his feet in the pen. Right, and it's so. You know, maybe it was against Cincinnati, and to keep the arms in the bullpen is the long-term plan. We'll see what happens with the rotation going forward. But speaking of that rotation, I got to get into the Matt Harvey subject because, you know, it's one big I told you so for all of the Mets fans out there and anyone who thought that this would be the comeback year for the Dark Knight. Uh-uh. It's time to put the cape away and, you know, Start afresh in a new land, cause he got kicked out of Gotham, <laughs> and it was it was it was seen coming, it was seen it was seen coming, and unfortunate, it's I thought the most unfortunate thing was, the party accusation the party scene was still one of his main issues, parting the games before he pitches and in those pitches he's having a rough starting and you know I'm not here to judge a man based on what he does in his free time. But I, w- I will say that when your GM comes out, Sandy Alderson says, I'm not surprised to hear that he was out having a late night and having fun, and and it didn't get him the job done. A couple games, a couple days later, you're designated for assignment. It, I don't, I don't think anything comes of a surprise. Besides that, acting like a brat after the bullpen transition, not being able to handle that without even allowing a run when you come in any of your outings, <laughs> it was just a. A tumble downhill for Matt Harvey and fall flat on his face. I don't. I know the Mets are trying to uh, trade him while he's designated for assignment. The thing about being designated for assignment is it's not released. Um, you get removed from the 25 and the 40 man roster. You the team therefore has uh, seven days to trade you, or they have the option to release you or place you on outright waivers. Which if you clear waivers, you can go get sent to triple a uh, which again which is against his will because yeah, is, he yeah. denied the assignment which is why he was designated for assignment but uh who the heck is gonna pick up matt harvey i don't know who? well i would say there's like, a lot of bad teams like baltimore with, maybe yes teams with bad records who need just a guy to get in that rotation and finish the season <laughs> the rangers are one of the teams that were looking in the matter ready and it's I heard just, the Yankees were looking into Matt, and I think it's because Montgomery went down, but I think I'd rather see anyone in double A than Matt Harvey. It was so funny how I went on Bleacher Report, and the a lot of the Matt articles there are pertaining to Matt's status on the team, his fall from stardom. You know, you got to understand, as much as I, I do have my grievances with Matt Harvey, he was pre- productive and efficient at this level at some point you know when he we was, went to the yeah. world series he had his time and he had us he did in the he had the first start you know missed the practice i was mad about it we didn't win the first start but he had a later start in that same series he went eight eight innings nine k's you know you go from that pin that top of the mountain yeah he did dark night things back then top of the mountain three years later two <sighs> surgeries later and I just think that it was the the humility wasn't there. So it was it was hard for me to like, you know, feel bad. And it's hard for me to sit here and say that I feel bad for his fall because 
you know, cursing out reporters and just being not talking to people in the bullpen. It, they're just signs of cancer. They're cancerous signs of a bad, bad teammate. Yeah, man. It's Maybe uh, the best thing for him in his point in this career, if there is a comeback, is a change of place. Yeah, to like a small market, though. Maybe. Yeah, definitely I, a like, rural town. Even Baltimore gets down. They got nightlife. No, Maybe the Rangers a, is needs to the get best. away from a nightlife for a while. You don't think? Yeah, I mean that. I I completely agree with that. But like, what Tampa, like uh, Pittsburgh? I don't know. There's not many nightlife major league cities or major league cities that don't have a nightlife. I don't know Minnesota. Uh, they play in Minneapolis. I don't know about anything that's popping there usually. Yeah, albeit Matt Harvey know, isn't yeah. isn't um isn't the main point of emphasis for me is because. Even with the losses, he's not the main problem. He wasn't the main problem. I mean, he was expectations were, you know, he wanted I mean, to have he, like a season, but I would say he's part of the problem, and he could have been the X factor. So I mean, I that's mean, could have been the X factor. I that's why I, I do won't think he's a big there. part of the problem. I think he's a part of the problem, and I don't know how big a part of the problem that is. I feel like his personality might have been accepted from players on who were his teammates a while ago. I don't think he. Players give much mind to his situation on the team. I don't think that his situation was a good representation for the Mets at the same time. But I think that the struggles are mainly on the field issues, and you know the bats need to wake up mostly right now. And that's the main issue. You know, 19th amongst the MLB and on base percentage. Yankees are first. You know, it's just it's a rough go at it right now. So we got to try to bounce back out of that. Facts. But, um. I want to bring up my boy, another baby bomber, Glaber Torres. Right. Freaking killing it right now. Yeah. Another reason why Big Drury. Walk, walk hit the other night. Yeah. Another reason why Drury may play less. Uh, this this kid can hit. Let me put it that way. Aaron Boone has been uh, comparing him to Javi Baez in the way Ooh. that they play defense and the same style of hitter that they are, you know, line drive, gap to gap style hitters. Um,. He's just got such a beautiful stroke from the right side on both home runs. That, like, the finish was – he's got a nice high finish. When he feels, it's so slick and smooth. It's shades of, like, Robbie Cano even. I want to ask you uh, two questions. One will be this season, who do you think out of these the two young studs so far is going to have the bigger impact in Andujar and Torres? And then looking past this season – who would you who who out of the same names i don't uh i I don't know it's hard to tell you i think this season with drury coming back and you know his primary position being third base although he does play outfield and second base um i think anduhar is going to get less playing time because he's going to be platooning with brandon drury um and torres basically has second base locked so he'll, he'll get a lot more playing time this year um, I do think that right now and possibly over the course of a career um, that Andujar is going to be a, a lethal hitter, uh, a, a better hitter than Torres, but Torres might have the defense, you know, the speed. He'll be a better all-around player. But I, I see... A Torres DD up the middle coming soon? For, for a long time, hopefully. Nice. But I will say Andujar reminds me a lot of, like, Adrian Beltre. In the sense that, like, he goes up to the plate, 
and he just looks comfortable in a batter's box. I yeah. don't care if he's 21, 22, however I old he is. See, I can definitely see the kid has no fear in the plate. He does plate. not, and he rips doubles, and Beltre's a, he's doubles king, bro. We all know it. Well, uh, speaking of kings, uh, a goat in and of itself that we got to give some love to in this episode. One was Ichiro, first ballot in his own right. Let's go to, you know, a place that the Yankees were throughout this two-week bid, and that's... Los Angeles and Albert Pujols getting 3,000 hits over there. Finally Man. cracks that milestone, and he's another guy I, I enjoyed watching it and not enjoyed too much in the sense that he came to kill us a lot in St. Louis as a Cardinal early in his career. But as a hitter, just a pure, pure swing. He could do whatever he wanted at the plate. With yeah, the ball Albert Pujols. From the right side. His swing was just like... It's beautiful. It's a yeah. beautiful swing. I remember, dude, you you were in high school with me. Our coach would preach like Albert Pujols, be like, go home, watch Albert Pujols' hands. Like whenever he was teaching a technique for our swings, right. he'd be like, go home, look at Albert Pujols do this. He does it this way. It's picture perfect. It is picture perfect. He has even still one of the most beautiful swings, and I think one of the reasons he isn't as effective is because age has caught up to him. The, 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 the bat speed is slower. I remember when we were in high school and he was in primo St. Louis years right. that they measured his bat speed at 120. That tells me he could catch up to anything. Yeah. I don't think it's 120 now that he's like 35. Right. But, but it's still probably like high 90s over 100. That's crazy. And yeah. You know, it just credit to due to a long career and 3,000 hits is a milestone that not many players see. And Albert also is a part of the 600 home run club. So it's just, you know, a testament to both to be able to achieve both those milestones in the course of an MLB season. But I do say that there will be a lot. I think that not a lot, but the, the players that we do see with 3,000 hits will more so be amongst high home run numbers moving forward. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I think the way the I think game has changed, if they stick to this launch angle, uh, what's it called? philosophy and this approach north and south pitching philosophy there's there's gonna be a lot more ho high homer guys than 3,000 hits guys and maybe if this philosophy sticks for the next you know 30 40 years they may not be as many well I just I 3,000 hit guys I'm completely agreeing with that but what I like what I was really getting at was that anybody who does get 3,000 hits is going to be kind of like how Albert Pujols is with a high home run count. Oh, because yes. of this? Yes, oh. because and because of the trend in baseball but changing. Albert Pujols never had a launch angle swing. He's one of the no, best. No, he doesn't have an Albert, Albert Pujols. Bro, he's one of the best at coming down, down at the ball. creating top spin he on was the, the ball. He was the, the like like you said, in high school, our coaches would preach to us to look at his approach at how his knob would fly at the ball first and how his back control was just so impeccable So impeccable at, 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 at um, the point of contact. Uh, yeah, in his St. Louis during his prime, he was able and oh. like his his hips did a good job of like you know staying close for mm -hmm. a, a really long time. Where and he his, wasn't a pull hitter like right. he is now. Now no. he, because his bat has slowed down, he compensates. The opposite field power was a main stay, and 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 going up the middle was always such a you know a, a potent part of his hitting like. Oh, yeah, he, he just put the ball where it was pitched, and he was strong enough to put it over the fence if he needed to. Yeah, and a lot of the time he was able to do that. Yep. Like, uh, what's it called? That I remember that 05 series versus uh, the NLCS Card uh, Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals, 
Astros, he hit that freaking ball that hasn't landed yet off of Brad Lidge, yeah. like over the train. It was way back when uh, Beltron was an Astro. It might have been the 04 NLCS. I think it was 04. Yeah, that's no. one of my great, greatest Albert Pujols moments. Mm. I got to say my favorite Ichiro moment, though, might be uh, that laser cannon uh, of a throw he unleashed from right field. Yeah. That was like three feet high the, the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, that, he had a gun. Yeah, I think that was his rookie year too. So that was like he was twenty eight. That must be like the prime of his life. It was it was the greatest throw I think I've ever seen. Love those guys. Yeah, that makes me like it makes me look at how different like hitters are viewed at in the game today because like if you look at guys like Albert Pujols in each row in their prime, how would they be handled as opposed to to hitters like Bryce Harper getting handled now? Well, I don't know. Like yeah, I just looking it, like, at Ichiro. Ichiro's a lefty, right? Right. Their hands do completely different things, but their lower halves are identical when they swing. Yes. But right. their like Bryce Harper drops his hands, golfs at it, leaks out with his hips. Ichiro leaks out with his hips because Ichiro's. he's fast and he's trying to run to first base while slapping something the opposite well, I, way. I, like I, like we discussed, I think lefties are almost kind of universally taught to start to leak out with their hips first. They, right. It's okay for them. Because even though Ichiro definitely was coming down at the ball more than he was launch angling it, mm -hmm. he did. They're almost, they're still coming down at the ball. That's how they come down at the ball. The hips are already almost facing the pitcher almost right. sometimes when the hands are just coming through the zone after. Well, they also say that Ichiro could pop one whenever he wanted to, and I remember he had a walk off shot against Mariano. Uh, I was actually watching that game. I think it was like 05, Yeah, I 06. think I remember that moment too. And. Uh, he also pimped the walk-off uh, shot, too, when he got to home plate. It was nice. But his the home run swing is a little bit similar to how Bryce Harper, like, just naturally swings all the, time. all the time. He did purposely drop the hands, try to take Mo deep, yeah, jumped you, on a cutter. You try to, get a, try to get a little under it with the bat head, but not too under it. Yeah, exactly. It but he did. It, finish it, high with it, the hands. That, I, I think of that swing because I still have that swing imprinted in my mind because it hurt so much I, that day. I think <laughs> I think with Ichiro, too, not to cut you off, is that, like, the hands finish is also a big play on, 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 on how the ball comes off the bat with lefties, too. But his, his hands in the, on the finish is, is equal. It's the same high finish that Bryce Harper has, two-handed, high finish. I, I don't... Ichiro, to me, then doesn't finish with both hands as long as Bryce Harper does. Through after through after the point. Well, of that's because Ichiro's trying to drop the bat and run too. That's but at, but this, that's but a lot of people for most of their career also viewed Ichiro like as a slap hitter, also slapping at the ball. They would describe his swing that way mm. as uh, a slapping at the ball. So like, of course, that does mean that the hips are starting earlier. But I think that Bryce's finish is a lot longer and a lot higher than Ichiro's finish. Right. And I feel like Ichiro finishes through the zone out in front, and sometimes you know one hand comes off and it, it comes up based on how much a, how much of a hold he got on the pitch. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't know. That it's a stretch, but I don't know. There, there, there's definitely some similarities. To I just think that, that I can see. it's so interesting how you know Ichiro was a leadoff hitter. He was big on all base percentage. Got big on getting a lot of hits. Now Bryce Harper is in the leadoff for a while because he's such a power hitter, such exactly. a dominant power hitter. That they pitch around him. They pitch around him. They would, they would rather walk like the the manager. Uh, the I don't know who the manager is of the Nationals right now. I know they have a new one, but Bryce yeah, Harper's batting leadoff because 
he's going to get walked three, four times in the in in the three or four hole that they're only going to deal with him maybe that one at a time to start a game. He, so it was interesting to see him bat leadoff and get a home run in his one leadoff at bat. Right. But is that something that, you know, based on the hitter, we could see a lot more of? Because if I'm Bryce, it would suck if I'm getting walked, you know, two or three of my bats in a game just because it's a one-run game and they don't want me to tie it. Well, I don't I don't know. I, I feel like they, he, they the Nationals just aren't hitting, which is why they're pitching around him. Like, Rendon can hit. He's, he's a certified hitter. Zimmerman. Can Zimmerman hit. can hit. He's a certified hitter. I don't know if Daniel Murphy's, Murphy is hurt. Know, yeah, I don't know if he's back yet. That's yeah, no, I'm he's saying. hurt, but he's a certified, certified hitter. hitter. Yeah, for sure. And there's definitely protection there, but they are not hitting, which has forced the – Dave Martinez, that's the new manager, um, has forced his hand to put him in the lineup because everyone's just pitching around him. And that's a, that's a luxury that the Yankees um, – you know, are afforded that they have protection for damn near anyone that's considered a threat. Right. Like from one through six is protected, with, even by the seven hitter. With somebody else. Yeah. Who can pick up slack. Word. But um, uh, we're getting closer to the end here. I just want to talk about some Yankee pitching. Old man CeCe is probably pitching the best he's ever pitched. To start a season, I gotta, I gotta go through some stats right now with CC. So far, he's pitched in six games. He missed a start because he hit the DL once, but he's two and zero with a one three nine ERA. Thirty two and a third innings pitched and twenty three strikeouts. So he's pitching a contact. Yeah. I remember his last start. He's among the league leaders in um, soft contact allowed, which I, I think is balls put in play under 85 miles an hour. I think Concisi has been one of the top pl- players in that type of stat recorded in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And his whip, which is um, probably my most valuable, uh, what's it called, stat when stat he when it comes to a pitcher? Yeah. Walks and hits per innings pitched, 0.87. He has allowed less than a runner per inning, no. a base runner per inning. That's amazing Can't as a starter. At this point for in a starter, season? A, for a starter, a good whip is 1.2. This dude's under one in six uh, starts so far. So CC's turning back the clock and doing it in a different style, you know, junk balling lefty. And uh, I got to give props to my boy Domingo Herman. All right, I've seen uh, – uh, ooh, I forgot that – Sorry to cut you up. I gotta get. I got. I know you're gonna go into his stats, but actually speak on them because when you get to the one game, I I, I have a question and I'll just cut you off. Word. So uh, on 4:26, he came in three innings, uh, four hits. He allowed a run. I think that was a homer. I forgot who hit the homer on the Twins though. Um, 5-1, May 1st versus Houston. That's the game I want to talk about because this dude just got out to the bullpen seven pitches into the game. Montgomery gets uh, the first out and feels some elbow discomfort. He's got a flexor strain. He'll be out two months, basically. But Herman, seven pitches in the game, comes in ice cold, tosses four shutout, one walk, four strikeouts, four hits, and uh, we ended up winning that game. So he came into that game cold and just shut it down. And then uh, a couple of days ago versus Cleveland, he was pulled in the sixth with a no-no he had six innings pitched no hits uh 
two walks, nine strikeouts through six. And that's where I want to stop you. He struck out nine of 18 batters. That's what that means. Six innings pitched with the no-no going. And I want my our fans at home, Mets, Yankees, baseball fans alike. We need to know. I need to know your feedback on this before Adam gets to me right now. I personally don't agree with the decision to pull up a pitcher, even though he's heavily out of your bullpen that's where his mainly relies in his role if he has an opportunity to make some type of history and in a game i think that was at 4041 he was carrying as adam said a no no through no had it before always carrying a no no through six so at that at that point you know i don't think you pull a guy who has 84 pitches out just because he's majority bullpen guy i, I just didn't i didn't i i didn't I mean, it didn't sit well with me. Not that it, I, I don't know. What do you think? As a, as a, a guy that has pitched, it is my dream to throw a perfect game or no hitter, do something like that. Um, I.e., almost every pitcher probably is in that boat. I've never done it, and I, you know, it's something that you, if you, if you're doing it, you want the opportunity to finish it. So I do get that, but just a few days earlier in Mexico, the Dodgers completed the combined no-no. Now, this is a team game. They still have given, like, the team allowed the same amount of hits as one pitcher, Walker Bueller, would have had he completed the no-no himself. But it's a tough decision because from a fan's perspective, you know, yeah, we got the win. We allowed no hits. We we pitched a great game. Right. Because it's a team game at the end of the day. I mean, and that's what the that's what our coaches have always told us too. A, a combined no no is a is a cool seasonal stat, but uh, no no in the arms of in the arm of one pitcher, you know, that's carried in the, it, it's carried through the course of a franchise's Word. history, and it's carried through that player's history. And I I I say it as a Met fan who in one season had nothing to look at in in hypeness, but Johan Johan Santana's no 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 no, and you know, and some some of us. Know that he threw his arm out almost for that no no and burned his arm out for the Mets in an, uh, in other seasons as well pitching on short rest. But at the yep. same time, when given that opportunity, I think Johan threw him more than 120 pitches to finish that no no. Word yeah. And, and 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 I'm I mean you know maybe there's a thin line you draw in which case you know you got to pull somebody and they don't go that far. But Herman had 84 through the six, so I just think that. I would have I would have given him the opportunity at least till he gets a hit. The Yankees had a a decent lead. Lead, yeah. And I just uh, we won the game, but I would have given him a shot till at least he gave up a hit. Right. I, and uh, I know that's what I told you with a yeah. four run lead. I agreed with that. But you also uh, can't unless, fault you, unless you walk two unless you walk two guys in a row, you completely lose the zone after your pitch count gets high. Yeah, you know, there's other situations in which case you know maybe you're gonna pull the young the young also, stud, but. Another reason for him to go, and you know, even if he's not stretched out and keep it going, even if he does get 130 pitch no no, the Yankees had an off day yesterday, so they could have essentially skipped his start and kept everyone on five days rest, instead of you know, everyone on six days rest right. because of the start, and they could have skipped his start so, through the rotation, and he could have made the next one on ten days rest. Yeah, there's. There's different ways to definitely view that, and like I like we say, like I said to our fans at home, we want to know what you think about it because we do. It's a touchy topic, and I don't even know the right answer. But I, I don't know either. I don't. I'm not completely saying I'm right. I just know, like how you describe it, the opportunity as a player to seek that that you know that accomplishment, that achievement. 
I think it's something that you know we Word. should all get or they all want to get. Word. I I completely understand. But um, we're gonna call it a quits here on the uh, X Town podcast. We're running out of time. Um, we gotta thank you guys for joining in. You know, listening to what we have to say. Uh, we would very much appreciate if you know you guys could get in contact with us via Facebook, or Twitter. You know, and by any means necessary, because we would like to have you featured. We want to hear your feedback, what you guys think, and all that. So, um, yeah, we definitely want to hear from you guys. And as we continue to cover the Mets and Yankees through the course of the season on any topics of any issues, reach out to us on Facebook, email. Listen to our SoundCloud and our, our podcast and just support. And we're here for the fans and we're here for the baseball lovers all throughout the crosstown. New York City. Yeah. <laughs> no, I right. just, um, hopefully we can be a little more, you know, both optimistic next time we record. Yeah, let's hope the Mets uh, can pick it up that way. And, you know, we got two winning teams to talk about. Right, and the Yankees can keep this, you know. Torrid pace up. Right, and until next time, guys, we got Austin Torres peacing out. Adam Morales also peacing out. Crosstown rivals and local best friends saying peace. peace.